This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite Double Tappers. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back in my little studio once again. Aww. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? Mark Afalalalalo is in his studio well, it's nice in for Montreal, you. Canada. It's nice for you, but we miss you. Oh, you, really? My wow. wife has separation anxiety. She misses her little Stephen. <laughs> I was beginning to feel like a pet around that home. Um, a little bit like Oggy the dog. I was, I was feeling kind of on, on that level. But I have to say, just as loved. We did. Just we did love. realize that uh, what basically happens is the conversation starts when you get here and just continues over seven days. It's just the same conversation that continues. It's got. We'd probably get bored of you after another two or three days. But, oh yeah. Um, Why? I'm sure you were getting there. The novelty sure wear off. Sean Priest is here as well, back in his studio oh, in Manchester, oh, England. This just doesn't feel right anymore. We should be together. Should be in our little hotel room. Move to Canada, guys. Oh, Come on. Let's make it happen. It would be a lot easier. It would be. You've a got lot nothing holding you to the UK, do you? I have to Family, be honest, the way this country is going. Yeah. I came back and I was telling Sean, I said, you know, the, the, the depression hits you along with the weather as soon as you arrive back home. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I want to go back to a place where there's 24-hour coffee Correct. shops. Yes. <laughs> oh, Uber Eats 24-7. KFC I go on my Uber Eats oh. app. I go back on my Uber Eats app when I get back home, right? And I'm like, let's just see what's on here. Oh, the Indian food restaurant. And that's yes. it. That's it. A thousand times. That's all I've got. Uh, we miss you, Canada, is what we're saying. We we had a lovely time. Thank you so much. Oh, we did. A wonderful time. What a wonderful place oh, to be. Regina, you know, it's funny. Canada, Canada. You've got <laughs> enormous trees or something. <laughs> we do, actually. Yes, yeah, you do. do. Yeah, yeah you probably do have big trees, yeah. I, so yeah. can I just lovely say, crossing trees. the roads in Canada is the most amazing thing in the world. Your, your things, I don't know what you call them. We call them pelican crossings. Your little... Crosswalks. Yes, yeah. yeah, but you got these. It was like a massive TV nailed to a lamppost that you had to choose your route across the road. It was. Where was this? It was this in Regina. Yes, it was. It was. At, I didn't notice that. I didn't at the bottom that. of Albert Street, there to, to get to the KFC, which is always the goal of where I'm going. It was. It was like Frogger. Honestly, there was four islands I had to jump across. It was incredible. Even your roads are massive. It was a pretty large intersection, I must say. It was a large intersection. But what I noticed about Regina was, in, in general, was that you just walk in, like you put your foot down in the street and every car stops. Really? In Quebec, in Montreal, that's a sign to speed up and aim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's the same in any big city. In London, it's the same. Um, I guess in Glasgow, it's the same. But yeah, when you live out in the, the burbs... And I don't know if you would class Regina as the suburbs. I don't know what you would no, class it we as, were. but you know, to me, it was like a city. It was huge. I think they're um, they're waiting for those geese to cross. Though there were so many times you see those Canadian geese just waiting at the side of the road to cross, and everyone was letting them cross. It was beautiful. You are beautiful people. Sean, can I say we did see all the sites? Yes, um, we did. We we saw KFC, McDonald's, we did. Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons to be local. Obviously. Yes, kegs. Yes, Best Buy. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Staples. All the sites. Yes. Yeah. And I, I used the toilet in all of them. It was beautiful. Oh, well done. Yes. And honestly, you 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 go to the bathroom a lot. I do. I think there's something wrong with me. I'm uh, I'm a man of a certain age now, and um, yeah, but I do drink a lot as well. So who knows? Well, that was depressing. Well, well yeah, we can move on from that. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming you don't mean alcohol. No, right? no, no. Of course not. But you, you two did have a rather interesting drink at that restaurant. Was it a strawberry something? You like your strawberry I daiquiri, love my strawberry. Right? I'm like that there, James Bond. Um, it's a manly drink, even though everyone laughs and points at me every time I have well, one. Well, hang on. Hang on. How are you comparing yourself to James Bond here? Because I'm... I'm no idea No, I, I, I like a cocktail. I'm not into my beer. It'll taste disgusting. I like a nice cocktail. A strawberry daiquiri is a lovely thing. It's a manly thing is what I'm saying. I've never, I've never seen James Bond order strawberry daiquiri, shaken, not stirred. <laughs> One strawberry daiquiri, please, shaken, not stirred. That's what he does on his off time. Uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same way. No, it doesn't work I the same way. I don't know why it was enough. called. It was a strawberry balushi or something. 
Strawberry Bellini. Yeah. It was a strawberry watermelon Bellini. Bellini. The only ever. That's right. Yes, Bellini. It was lovely. Right. Um, the only time I ever drank beer was in Canada, uh, Montreal, years ago, and it was a drink called a, a beer called Blonde. Is not that? I don't know if that's a thing. Isn't that just the color? It's a type of beer. Yeah, it's a type, it's a type of, of beer. beer yeah. yeah, I had that. It was quite nice. Not. I mean, I'm not into beer to be honest, but yeah. Anyway, aside all that. Um, it's been a busy week toilets yeah let's carry on yeah exactly it was a great time in canada but yes we are now back in our respective studios and sheds and um yeah it's been a busy week for wwdc uh today on the show we have an interview with the one and only blind filmmaker james rath who i got the chance to speak to before we came on and uh, i'm really pleased to to bring this interview because he was actually at wwdc he got an invite unbelievable you know, I'd love to say he got an invite, by the way, because he lives so close. But then I saw some of the people that were there, and my my good old, you know, neighbor Renee Ritchie was there. Yeah, and he's yeah. In, he's no longer living in California, which is interesting. So he was living in California for a while. He's now gone back to Philadelphia. I'm just giving everyone yes. his address. Hello, James. Um, if you want to find, I mean, don't go, I, I imagine Philadelphia is quite big. So you know, I'm sure James in Philadelphia. You... James paging James in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Other people, I believe, may live there. Um, but yeah, so he uh, he's talking to us from Philadelphia today, but he goes into the detail about the the trip there and, and how he got on and, you know, what it was like to be there because, you know, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's not the first time he's been, second time in person. 2019 was the last, and of course then, you know, let's just forget the yeah. next two years. But um, yeah, it's been, it was a really interesting experience oh, to hear in. from him. I also want to get into it with you guys as well and find out what you... Oh. Uh, you thought of it off the off the bat then come on off the bat thoughts mark what were your takeaways because there was a lot oh god uh i don't even know where to start with this because i had a conversation yesterday um on another show and uh we went an hour and still didn't scrape the surface of what we were talking about i know um (laughs) takeaways uh carplay um one that's totally unrelevant here um (laughs) well i don't know uh, well well, i'm curious but i'm curious if it is because you know what they demonstrated was this carplay integration that went across every screen in a car which does have interesting impacts on some of these newer vehicles that are offering entertainment systems for everybody in the vehicle so i'm curious to see how that actually rolls out and what manufacturers actually get on board that excited me. Um, the, the using your, for some reason using my iPhone as a camera and that desk view blows my mind, even though it's something so simple. So yeah, let's explain this a bit because <laughs> I, I I did not understand this at all at first. I mean, I got the idea of using your iPhone as a camera. That sounds cool. It is the best camera, and it is the back camera you're using. So it is the best camera on the iPhone. Yeah. But the desktop view thing so explain this right because i was thinking so, right okay so it's like a camera hanging in the air belkin are going to come up with an accessory yeah it's a hidden camera it's an invisible camera that extends from the <laughs> iphone floating. kind of like an arm like that like a venom and uh, spider-man no so what it is is um on the pro phones that have the three cameras that have the ultra wide camera if you think of an ultra wide camera it tends to have that fisheye kind of point of view so from a really close distance it's giving you a lot of wide kind of peripheral view so because of that, if you think about placing a phone directly in front of you on kind of that 90-degree angle um, facing you, that ultra-wide camera, which is not necessarily being used on you know the main kind of straight-on straight angle, is available. And what they do is it sees the desk in front of you. So Apple basically takes that camera, takes the image, skews it out, stretches out the image so it's straight, crops it so that it's a perfect view, and it gives you a second camera feed automatically that is what they call desk view. So it gives you that overhead YouTuber unboxing style view of your desk in front of you. So if I'm sitting here trying to explain exactly like this, oh, look at this new iPhone, I want to talk about iOS 16, I could be with my iPhone showing you that overhead point of view with that one camera. That's amazing. It's insane. It Absolutely is. amazing. I know. That is so cool. And, and, and there's a, a lot of questions coming in about this. Like, for example, Rebecca got in touch with us to ask, you know, is this something we could use for OCR? So could you have a document on the desk and then the camera is able to scan that document? Now, my take on that would be that if it's able to, you know, give a clear view of what's on the desk, then I can't then imagine there's a reason yeah. why they couldn't do that. That's so cool. Have you, so, have so you cool. guys, any of you installed any of the betas yet? Yes. No. Okay. No. I've stalled it on iOS. I've stalled it on my main iPhone because I'm an idiot. crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
You know what? I, so so I, I don't think he's an idiot. And here's why. Okay, so I installed it. I have a backup phone here. Um, I've installed it in the backup phone. I've installed Ventura on the M1 Mac Mini. Why? Okay. I'd like to get an iPad going. Hang on. I'd like to get an iPad going, but I, I don't have one that I, I'm willing to risk right now. Mm. But in all this process, I'm like, you know what? I really want to be trying this on my watch, too. And really, the only way to really immerse yourself into this is to use your main devices. <gasps> yeah, that's no. right. No, so it's true. not. But then I'm never going to be able to work again. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, though, so far, so far, I haven't hit. One of the classics I had last time around with iOS 15 beta was I had the the issue where a lot of my apps wouldn't work. So, like, my banking app yes. wouldn't work, and I thought, I can't lose access to that. Um, but I, when I did it, when I actually did the upgrade, I had an iPhone SE spare. So I thought, right, keep that as my, you know, my secondary main phone, right, just in case this all goes horribly wrong, and put the beta on my iPhone 13 mini. And so far, so good. No issues. So, I don't know. It's so far. I promise you. I promise you it'll break soon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't Beta doubt too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so far, so good. Uh, listen, stick around because I want to bring in James Rath next. I got a chance to speak to him just before the show. We'll get that interview on next. But James Rath, the blind filmmaker, talks to us about his experience being at WWDC and some of his thoughts on what was not at WWDC this year. Stick around. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Double Tappers, want to get involved? Call the show now at 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca and have your say. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. It sure is. And this week, we're talking tech. I know, unusually. Uh, well, listen, those guys are going to take a break for a sec because uh, I got a chance to sit down with uh, James Rath, the blind filmmaker this week, and uh, had a chance to talk to him about his time at uh, WWDC. He got an invite, he got a chance to go along, and I started off by asking him uh, what it was like to be there in person. Yeah, to my um, knowledge, I mean, it was a lot more condensed than it usually is, right? They didn't do this at a convention center this year, like the San Jose Convention Center. They did it actually at Apple Park, where they had attendees literally in Apple Park. This wasn't just designated in the Steve Jobs Theater area. It People were allowed in. Um, now security, of course, you know, Big security, it's like you can't go, you can't wander. Um, you're, you're meant to stay where you can. But um, it was a pretty, I think, cool energy to be around. A lot of great, I think, eager folks who are working on really cool apps or, or uh, scholarship winners who get to attend um, who are either starting to build apps, prototypes, or they're really going into school for it. And I think... Um, that's one of the great things about being around WWDC is just even though I'm not a developer, I'm kind of on the outside a little bit. I'm covering some things. The energy of just the enthusiasm, especially for accessibility, is there. There's so many people just either like learning about accessibility or just like um, they're there because, you know, their app is already doing great, it's doing fantastic. But they're they're The first thing they do, they want to meet up with the accessibility team at Apple. They want to meet up with um, the advocates and they just want to learn how they can make their app more accessible or like, hey, is this working out? I want like that FaceTime feedback, you know, instead of just like through emails. So I think it's really awesome. And when were you last at WWDC? 2019 um, was the last in-person one. I, I did attend that one as well. Um, and then the last couple, yeah, they've been virtual with everything, which is great because it's free and it's open to everyone. But you do get a chance to talk to people, right? There's a lot of networking goes on amongst that, even if you're not in person, right? Correct. Um, to my understanding, again, I'm not a developer. I'm not in um, necessarily the developer but it, um, circles, but it is open. If you have an Apple developer account, uh, you can simply just attend WWDC. A lot of them are online. Uh, the workshops, you can go face to face virtually in these sessions with Apple engineers and you can get like direct feedback about your apps and, and learn through these like sessions and workshops um, how you can like take advantage of the new APIs and new features coming out with like iOS 16 and macOS Ventura. So I want to get into all of this with you because there's so much to geek out on and, and so much to talk about this year. Uh, it was quite an event, I'm sure you'd agree. And I want to really, you know, get it from your perspective being there in amongst it all, um, you know, let's maybe start off with, with the obvious question, which is how do people respond, developers respond, 
when you talk to them or they maybe approach you to talk about accessibility? What is the, what's their, what questions are they asking you? What are they keen to know? So uh, when I get the chance to talk to some and, and um, it's just a few that I've, I got to really, cause I didn't get to spend the whole week there. Um, it's still technically happening going into like Thursday and, and Friday. I'm sure there's a ton of great things happening for those developers who are there in person. Um, in the past years, I I did get invited as a guest to stay longer. A lot of media and press are just there for the keynote first day, and then they're flying out. I've been very lucky enough to um, get that extended invitation to meet up with developers, attend some of these networking events, um, and they love to show me their apps. Some games that have become like voiceover accessible, which is incredible to think because some games just like cannot based on the engine that they're on um, become accessible really until the engine like Unity, for example, is like actually accessible um, unless there's a ton of tweaks and workarounds they need to you know consider uh, so it's really just a lot of networking it's a lot of me um, being able to try out new apps get familiar with things that are happening in the developer community and I mean it's it's really more of a learning experience for myself um, than maybe for them but again I like to stay in contact with these devs throughout the year and see what they're up to and, and try out uh, new things that they they release and how has that changed over the years, James? Because this is, I guess, the big question. How has the conversation changed since maybe earlier times you've been at WWDC or been part of the conversation surrounding you know, developer work and accessibility, where perhaps it's gone from, oh, uh, right, so accessibility, uh, right, does that mean I need to rip my entire app apart and rebuild it from the ground up, or that's my website destroyed, you know, to now where, you know, people are beginning to understand a bit more about it and realizing it's not perhaps as big a challenge if you think about it early enough. Yeah, I, I think um, the presence of accessibility is definitely there much more than it was uh, in years past. Like, I started going in 2017, and accessibility had like a, you know there was like a accessibility mixer you know where people could come and you know have drinks network and, and chat in a little area at the convention center uh which had some attendance but it has grown immensely i think with the awareness with the um, participation and just the overall enthusiasm and advocacy from allies which is very important right it's like mm. it's not just developers with disabilities who are uh, there and and doing really cool things it's there's allyship there and there's other developers who just like find it important and, and see the universal benefits of designing with accessibility in mind which is so key so it, it's it's recognized at um the awards that apple does for the design awards it's recognized uh i think just an overall conversation we've seen accessibility features on the keynote you know universal control was uh or sorry, voice control was yeah. a huge one, right? And that, that made center stage with Craig Federini back in like, was it 2019, I believe? Um, it was just such a big moment. And like even live text, I, I, I consider live text an accessibility feature. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, it's baked in, it's, it's just OCR technology that is just like streamlined to be on the surface level of the OS. Whether media wants to acknowledge that or not, it's like, this is the same stuff you and I have been using in our blind apps for like the last decade or, or more. Um, and it's great now that like other media members finally like can see OCR in like a full realized, you know, feature. And especially now with like live text and video, I'm like, you know, video is my, my uh, bread and butter. So I'm like, I'm super excited just to utilize that as like an accessibility function. I, but I, not, I, I, I think it, it's all I'd love there. to just download your brain when it comes to video <laughs> editing uh, because uh, and video creation as well, um, because, you know, there's so much we could talk about in that. And, and we, we will. And I know we have talked about it in the past, but. We've got to set something up and really geek out on that a bit because sure. there's so many people always ask me, you know, can you can you ask James next time you speak to him? Ask him this, ask him that. And I say, right, okay, we'll write it all down and we'll we'll get to it, I promise you. <laughs> um, but I just, you know, let's geek out a bit on, on some of the, the announcements that came out. Of course, the, the big one for me was the MacBook Air because I'm just so excited to see it at midnight. Um, oh, okay. I, I don't know why that is. I mean, you know, of all the things that came out, and trust me, there are a few specific features of iOS 16 I'm very excited about. But yeah, the MacBook Air 16, which everyone on my show says was was never going to happen. They weren't going to announce hardware. It's a software event. And there you go, a new MacBook announced. So I thought that was pretty cool. Were you geeking out on some of that? Did you get a chance to get hands on? Yeah, I did. Um, I have a video. I don't know how I'm going to incorporate it yet. Um, I'm, I'm still sort of formulating what my WWDC video kind of is in the story. I, I have an idea, um, but I will definitely include it. I don't think I'm going to do a full on like hands-on with MacBook Air, maybe a YouTube short, if anything, um, just because it is a great announcement. It's really cool. 
but it's you know i just don't feel like i can fill 10 minutes of no it's, it's not a huge stuff, announcement right? is it no exactly. it's, it's not but it's not and, apple glass which i think a lot of people might have been waiting for <laughs> yeah and I, I won't comment too much on that just because nothing's like confirmed or it's all kind of rumored i mean like, i'm excited for something to come that can replace my glasses um that are like for blue shield um with something that's ar for sure mm. but i mean i even have bose frames that i think are fantastic and i use them for uh audio navigation um with, like yep. directions and but I'm just like imagining what AR can be like in that. Uh, it, the interesting thing I found was, so even though they, they had that one hardware announcement, plus a, okay, I guess a USB-C charging accessory for dual charging. Yeah. Um, it's like, cool. You, you, I'm pretty sure Apple has like 10 of them from different companies on their, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. on their store shelves. Um, but the interesting thing I thought was, okay, after the keynote, they had media go to the Steve Jobs Theater, get hands-on, and it was just the MacBook Air everywhere. Like, and it just filled up the entire room. It made me think, was there something more that was maybe planned months ago to be here? Mm. Because it does feel super underwhelming. Yeah. No offense to Apple. I mean, the demo was great, but it was very underwhelming to just have a MacBook Air smack down everywhere, to the point where they even filled it up with, like, more demos of like the Mac Studio, like hands on the things that are already out. Interesting. Um, but it wasn't software. This wasn't, they weren't running Mac OS Ventura. They were just like, hey, you want to see Final Cut running on the Mac Studio? Right. Okay. I could do that at home <laughs> um, or, at, or at the <laughs> Apple Store. Sure. I mean, it was cool again, but I do think there, there was something that maybe could have been planned that had to get, you know, held back for one reason or another. You know how development goes. It sounds like so. external factors have played a part in all of this. It's really Apple probably wanted to do more and probably wanted to show off. I mean, my take on this was why are they inviting developers in? Why are they inviting people into Apple Park yeah. when we're in a situation where, you know, frankly, the, the, the rules were still quite strict in Apple. I believe you all had to wear N95 masks. You had to all be... Yeah, they were, especially inside. Um, yeah. They, they came off occasionally, I'd say, um, especially outside. It was mm. recommended or encouraged, but even, you know, even Apple was like other folks at Apple were occasionally taking them off like outdoors. Mm -hmm. But again, it was very wide open space. Um, people kept their distance. And How many people were there? How many people from developer community? So were I don't there? know if this is public, um, but what like and this might just be more of an estimate. This mm. is from when I talked to Apple, some folks there, I think it was nearly a thousand developers normally cut from the regular like five thousand plus because some scholarship winners maybe some guests and, and keynote speakers um so about a thousand devs which was really more than i thought would even attend I, I, um, absolutely yeah and media I, I don't know what the headcount is for media typically i know it's quite a bit because you know it's it's stuff dc it's international we have mm -hmm. tons of people um coming in from all across the world from different publications and tv networks and doing coverage um this year, it was about maybe 300 media or just under 300. And that includes YouTubers and includes like content creators, TikTokers who are like who Apple has, you know, sees value in their content mm. and, and wants to like, hey, you want to be here, make content here. Cool. So. Interesting. Um, OK, so what was let's talk about the announcements from the software perspective, right? Because there were lots in there. Um, are you with me? Are you glad that eloquence has finally made its way into voiceover. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have more options, right? You, I have to be honest, this was the best news for me. It is so it's amazing how it's divided Twitter. It is like there are blind oh, people I'm who... Not, I, think it's a, I think it's an H thing, if I'm honest. Maybe. I haven't been on Twitter too much to see all the reactions, just because yeah. I've, I've been flying the last like day, and yeah. I've been like, yeah, I've been all over. But um, what stood out for you? What was one of your kind of... Because there must be a lot, I imagine, that you were... Because we were all wowed by some of the announcements. It definitely felt like, like at the end of the whole thing, I'm like, there was a lot there. Mm. But was that also it? Maybe maybe because it was all being fed to me very, very fast, right? Yeah. Um, and Apple does add some fluff with their marketing terms and extending their speech a little. Let's be honest. like Things are maybe talked about a little too much for too long it's like filling in time almost um with buzzwords um so that aside ventura looks really interesting to me i like the mac getting i, I love the mac the mac is like 
it's my baby. Yeah. Um, it's where I do all my like editing. If I if I could choose between having the same application on an iPhone or a Mac, I'm, I'm like, give me the Mac version. I don't care. Cool. It's portable. I, I can bring my 14 inch MacBook Pro with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like having that bigger screen. I like having the keyboard and mouse trackpad like as my input method. That's my preference. So Mac OS um, Ventura is really cool. I like Stage Manager. The iPad, uh, iPad OS getting better RAM distribution management, files getting more Finder-like, um, being able to you know change extensions and um, Stage Manager coming over. Just for context, what Stage Manager is, it's it's a new window management uh, organization kind of workflow you can have on your desktop. So if you have multiple apps open, like for me, I can tell you off the bat, I have like Discord, Chrome, um, I have. Uh, uh, loopback open uh, Elgato's whole like volume manager messages stage like I have all these applications but they're all messy right mm-hmm. there might be times where you just want to focus on one so if maybe I just want to focus on my calendar for a bit so you can enable stage manager and they can all be on the same desktop but it will push all the other ones to the side and if if like calendar needs to work in conjunction with notes it can have these two open and do all the window resizing for you and it, it's it's pretty neat. And then you just press on the other combo of apps that you need when you need it, pushes the ones that you're not using to the side, brings the other ones forward. So it is kind of a nice organized way to manage your windows, um, your Mac application windows. Sorry, not to get be confused with other platforms there. And <laughs> um, but this is also I did, I did see iPad. a tweet from someone saying iPad has finally got windows on it. <laughs> of course, which, you know, yes. In a way, yeah. yes. <laughs> and it is coming to iPad, which is, I think, great. Um, the thing I think I'm most excited for was I did buy an M1 uh, iPad Air when that came out. And I almost bought an iPad Pro. But then this was announced. And I'm like, this does everything I wanted. I just wanted I just wanted M1. I just wanted center stage in my, in my camera. Um, I wanted something small. I didn't care for the mini OLED or, or mini LED. I didn't care for, you know, I didn't need to whatever all the extra stuff that the pro has i just didn't need lidar um so i'm excited because now i can plug my ipad into a monitor an external display which i have plenty of and instead of just having these weird vertical letterboxing um and a mirrored ipad display on on desktop which is fine you know especially when i'm using procreate and i'm drawing and having a bigger reference of what i'm looking at great now though you can actually have a second monitor on an ipad and using the chip of the M1, so again, this only works for M1 iPads, you can um, have multiple windows open. So you can have some on the regular iPad, maybe Procreate, and then you're sketching something or you're using a uh, picture for reference in your photo library or Safari, and that's up in a stage manager looking um, display on the second monitor. And you can interact with them with a trackpad and mouse. So it makes the iPad more Mac-like than ever before. I'm curious to know like what that workflow is going to feel like. Again, they didn't have a demo, which was so weird, at least not one that I had access to that was like a little bit more open. Maybe a few select members of the press got to go in the back and get like an orchestrated one. But I mean, the feature is already launching in beta, right? Developers have access to these if it's in the first version, at least. So hopefully like we'll we'll know soon enough what these new iPad OS features look like. Um, and then as for the iPhone, I think in general, yeah, live text and video, great lock screen, I think is going to be awesome being able to just like change my lock screen according to something that's like more equivalent to my, my, um, to not disturb or my focus mode. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it is. It sounds brilliant. Um, James, I have to also ask you, uh, you, um, you know, a dab hand at getting pictures with, uh, Mr. Tim Cook, uh, <laughs> you even got a selfie this time around as well. How did that come about? Uh, so he came out to like do some selfies and take you know pictures, meet meet people, the press and stuff before like everyone. Every, so everyone was swarming him. It was like paparazzi around us, like literally, like you couldn't get in there. And then some Apple employees told him that I was here, um, and he turned and recognized me and asked me to come into the crowd, and people like made room for me and he you know said thanks for coming thanks for uh have i been and i'm just like i was in a little bit of a starstruck moment i mean i've, I've no had wonder. my my face time with him you know in the past of course and uh 
but it was weird. It was definitely like, I'm like, I don't know what to do or say. I'm like, <laughs> I'm literally being swarmed by like probably there was well over 100 press just with cameras on us uh, in that moment. I'm like, you want to take a selfie? So I pulled a phone with voiceover and I don't know how people are reacting to like blind dude with a cane and a camera in his hand and then an iPhone taking a selfie with Tim Cook as like the phone's describing two people faces, you know, smile, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Um, I'm very curious if like anyone captured that. Um, mm. I have no idea. I haven't seen anything. Again, I haven't really been on Twitter a whole lot in the last day or two. But um, I I think I did film it from a very awkward angle um, on my Sony vlogging camera because my vlogging camera is just like down on my side with mm. my cane and the phone's up here. Like I'm pretty sure I got a very unflattering angle of Cook and I just like conversating. I'm sure his PR people will be like, oh, maybe maybe not that angle <laughs> um we'll see i mean i might i might try to use it in and uh for my dubbed up dc moment <laughs> fog uh, you know i think we're all just so pleased you were there and you represent our community in such a positive way um you know i saw many tweets flying around and i i, I can't wait for you to get a chance to read through some of them some very lovely comments about you individually and the impact you've had on apple uh which in turn has an impact on us and you know i think that's that's absolutely brilliant so well done for that and you know keep it going because you're you're representing you're doing it right and uh we're all very grateful i think because it makes the difference you know and the fact is that you know the platform clearly has got a lot of work to do i mean there's many people who come on our show who talk about the challenges of voiceover and yeah clearly there's things that need to be done and there's and not just on voiceover but on switch control and other areas but you know what it seemed this year uh i had many people getting in touch with me saying Things feel like they're changing for the better. Um, things are starting to come in, and, and there seemed to be more of a focus this year on features and feature development as opposed to too much new stuff. Uh, lots of under-the-hood stuff going on, and that certainly seemed the case with voiceover. Not, I mean, I joke around about the voices, but a lot of people are excited by that. And, um, you know, I think just seeing developments come along like this is just brilliant. So thank you for your work. Thanks for giving me thank your you. time and giving us your time here. And... Uh, just keep going. Appreciate it. Thank you. And um, yeah, I mean, again, I've been in direct contact with the accessibility team. I got to spend time with them, hang out with them. And, and the first thing they ask me besides like, have you been uh, is what do you want? What what do you want in the next year? What, what can we what can we do better? Any bugs? Like they're always looking at feedback. It's always coming through. And they're like, they'll tell me if I give them something and there's a report on it already. And they're, you know, where it's at in that priority list, which is cool. But if there's anything that, again, anyone is, like, dying for, please just send it to me on Twitter. I'm happy to just, like, send it and forward it over. Um, I know there's people, and, and they're they're fantastic. They're great people. And they just want to do the best work and create the best tools for, for the community. Because a lot of them are also blind and visually impaired. And a lot of them have creative passions outside their 9 to 5. Whether it's, like, DJing or gaming, things like that. And they want their tools to work just as good as, I'm sure, you want your Mac that you just bought to work. So. Absolutely. James, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks to James Rath. And uh, yeah, some interesting insights there. I'll be interested to hear what uh, Mark and Sean have got to say about that as we continue with Double Tap Canada next. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call or text 1-844-971-1999 or email feedback at ami.ca. Now, back to the show. You know, I know that uh, Mark is playing with uh, OS Ventura, Ace Ventura, over there. Is it Ace, Mark? You know what? I've come to the conclusion. You know how Stephen, how Stephen, guys, you, you guys at home, listen to this. Stephen likes to minimize. He likes to buy... So much gear that he has nowhere to put it. <laughs> he likes to interconnect everything. He'll have 17 screens in front of him, 19 computers. Uh, yep. I'm not exaggerating. I'm really not exaggerating. And then he'll say, you know what? I just need one iMac. And he'll he'll wheedle it down to <laughs> one computer. Okay? This is, this is the various phases of Stephen Scott. Now, I'm feeling him a bit in me right now. That sounds dirty, but that's not what that I meant. That doesn't sound good. No, no. no. I think you should, I'd like to rephrase that legally. <laughs> legally, like that legally we'll rephrase it. But I, I'm currently playing with Ventura on a screen that's to the left of me with the 49-inch widescreen in front of me that is remote controlling the computer to the right of me with a screen of, over the head of me that has all my security cameras on it. I'm a little bit overwhelmed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overwhelmed by, by you just describing it. And here's the other problem is that I have three keyboards and three mice in front of me. 
that are not in the proper oh. chronological or positional order. Oh, so I don't know what keyboard is what anymore. It's really confusing. But they're all different. I've got one black keyboard, one small keyboard, one big keyboard, <laughs> one black mouse, one white mouse, and one wired mouse. Um, You're a nightmare. This whole, yeah, remember, you need to be able minimize. to just take my mouse and keyboard and just use it across all the computers. i got to figure that one out. We'll get there. I've got the answer to that one, by the way. What's that? iPad? Just get an iPad and that's it? Well, you, you, you've got the answer, which is the thing I've just got. Because when I got back, when I got home, my new Logitech MX Mechanical oh. was here. Oh, I'm so loving this keyboard. Honestly, I am loving this machine. The problem with that brutal. keyboard for me is that when we're doing recording like this, which is something I do on a regular basis... All you're going to hear in the background is... Okay, so I'm going to do some tapping, right? Here we go. So this is me typing on my keyboard. I don't yeah, you hear it. No, you're, oh, I hear you're it. doing it gently. Oh, yeah, you can proper. hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bit gentle, but okay. Okay, you know what? That's proper. You guys talk about yourselves. Let me go get mine. Hang uh, on. Because uh, he's got a different type. He's got different switches in his. So I don't know which one he got. I got tactile quiet. Uh, and the thing I love about this keyboard is it's very similar to the MX keys that I've had for many years. Uh, it's multi-device. You can have three devices connected to it. One of them can be USB. Um, one of them, and, and the other two can be Bluetooth. So that means it could control, say, the MacBook. It could control an iPhone, whatever you want it to connect to. Yeah, see, that's noisier, right? That's not noisy. And this mine. isn't even the that clickiest one. Click. This is like the non-clickiest one. So what's that one called? Is that not the uh, quiet one? Mine's, I guess, the linear, I guess they call it. Is that what they call it? Yes, yeah, these names confuse me all the time. But the tactile quiet. I'll give you a tap. So this is me. I think we have the same one. No, yours is more, yours is more clacky. Yeah, but how close to the mic? Mine's is more clicky. Microphone. Yours is more clacky. <laughs> microphone sounds with Sean and Stephen <laughs> and Mark. Either way. Look, keyboards. Keyboard, keyboard. No good keyboard. for a studio, right? Not why. Well... No, 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 they're not. Actually, I really, I really like this keyboard. Hang on, this really is why? Keyboard. Why? I mean, in fact, you can connect. I don't three understand devices. why. Let, let, forget about the features. Just no, told you. Forget one. about the features. I don't care. You can connect multiple devices to it. I don't care how long the battery lasts. If oh, I like this. Wired or not wired. What I care about is the typing. How does it feel to type on? Why is mechanic really good to type on? Really good. Why? <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> it is. It's a beautiful keyboard to type on. And you know, I love my MX Keys Mac. I loved it. But this one, and I'll tell you, there's one other thing this has that the MX keys doesn't, mm. um, and that is it has a little riser in the back, which just it doesn't yeah, bring it up very it much. Yeah, it up a little help. bit, right? It does help, you know. Um, it's nice. I, I feel that the the keys. I mean, it's, it, they call it tactile quiet. Uh, it certainly is tactile. I mean, the, the key travel is still quite deep, but then it is a mechanical. You expect that, but it just has got a really. I don't know. There's something quite affirming when you're typing on it. I know affirming. what I'm typing. Unbelievable. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to ruin anything, but I don't want to read the manual. Can you tell me how it works? <laughs> I, I didn't read the manual. I just plugged things in. I just plugged in that little USB thing that comes with it. Uh, you have to download the software. You have to download, and, and this is what I love about Logitech, right? So Logitech Options is the software you download, but not for this one. You got to download Logitech Options <gasps> Plus oh, for my bigger God. boys, and then you got to download another application that lets you install the little dongle which is called a Logitech Bolt rather than the USB unifying receiver. I don't know what the difference is. Bolt? Because um, it's not, I thought it was Thunderbolt, but yeah, it's not the problem is I have USB-A. I already have three dongles plugged in for other things. But I'd just take them all out. Get rid of them. I actually do don't know for? which, to, I don't, honestly don't even know what they're for because my, was, my mouse is wired. My keyboard is wired. What on earth do I have dongles Hang for? Hang on, didn't the Mac come out with a thing where it, you could use one keyboard and mouse to control multiple... Universal yeah. control, yeah. Yeah, uh, but does it work among between Macs or just between iPads? Uh, yeah, should, no, between... no, I think it should work between yeah. all devices. Hmm. <laughs> we'll look into that. Yeah, we'll get back to you. Speaking of James Rath. Well, this is a fairly <laughs> new feature. That, that was supposed to come out last year. And it's only just uh, came out. So anyway, wow. Stage Manager, because you've been playing with that for like the last three seconds. Yeah. Is it any good? Yeah, Does it's it pretty cool. Good? It's pretty neat. Okay, okay so <laughs> why is it pretty? What makes it any better than Command Tab to switch between applications? Because the apps aren't physically all on top of each other on your desktop, so they organize them in nice little stacks on the left side of your monitor. Which we're not going to. They care basically. About. Well, yeah, but he does. Yeah, but I do. So, um, but but the cool thing is, uh, on, when you're using a really large monitor, it really clears up the clutter in the space. So it yeah. is kind of neat, and a good way to organize 
like apps. So if you're using Word and, you know, Audacity, for example, because you've got a script and you're editing audio and you want to pair those together, that can be its own little stack and you can bring it up and, and hide it, you know, kind of instantly. Oh, that's quite clever. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I think if you use it and figure out how it works with VoiceOver, I think you'll find that there are some pretty good uses for it. I think VoiceOver users, if I'm honest, will probably stick to Command Tab because, to be honest, there's no real, there's no visual benefit for us. So it's more about having access to the individual apps, which Command Tab gives you, right? So I think that's cool. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing some blind people trying it out, and I don't really know why. But maybe that, like you say, maybe there's more. I to think there will that, be. Right? That, that, what, what Mark yeah. said there about being able to organize your own. Uh, stacks that could be quite useful yeah. if you got you know depending on your your workflow if you well like he said audacity and uh, word and and also they kind of and i think they, they, they rather sloppily did this but they were trying to bring <gasps> in different profiles for um you know like for work and for home so you could have say a work setup yeah, yeah, and then you could yeah. have a home setup and i think that's good but the way they did it i don't know i mean maybe they were trying to avoid the whole let's switch out of one user profile go to another which you can do but I think Microsoft does it better because they've got that whole desktop switching thing. So you can have like a virtual desktop and then yes. another virtual desktop and that's for home, that's for work. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the way it's been described to me. But I wasn't entirely convinced that this was going to be as good. And, you know, they, they've tried to fix focus mode because focus mode's a mess. I haven't. I, I still miss calls All the today, time. And no I idea why. And I don't even get notifications that yeah. I miss them. You know, I, I, don't think, even know. I think it's an education thing because they just haven't told us how to use it properly. I and I and still haven't figured fiddly. that out. Yeah, it's a fiddly setup. There's a lot of options in there. Yeah, no, there's, there uh, should I remember be, setting there. There it, up. it should be so easy. But I, I think I've got it set up correctly. But whatever happens, someone will ring me, like you, Stephen, and it just won't ring. Nothing. I, I just... I, because you, you put me in your no, band no, no. list. Probably. I can see your lovely um, big sunglasses come up on the screen a little bit. So I, oh, I know it's you. Yes, your uh, Mimoji, I believe it's called. Um, yes. <laughs> my screen just basically turns yellow when I say, ah, that's Stephen. I don't know why. It's you. How, it is, how did it get that? I, I still to this day don't know how that came about. <laughs> either way, the focus. I must have done something. Focus at some mode point is terrible. I, I don't understand it. So, I mean, there's lots, I mean, obviously I mentioned with James about eloquence coming to the iPhone. Sean, you're not as, you're not as I, excited about this as I I don't think James was particularly excited either, let's be honest, but I, I was. I was quite I, I, keen look, on this. People have been calling for this for the longest time, so I understand Me. how people are excited uh, because eloquence is, uh, I mean, it's loved. And I don't think that's too strong a word to use. It's loved in our community because it's, don't you just want your iPhone to sound like a 20-year-old that, robot? That's the thing. I mean... Two decades ago, people have been using this. And look, the, the whole thing is that you can have it at an insane speech rate and still understand it. Ah, uh, Okay, I'm not convinced that's purely down to the engine. I think it's just because people are so used to eloquence. But aside, it doesn't matter what I think about it. It's the, that we have that choice now in iOS. And that, quite frankly, is amazing. As well as the other voices, they've opened it up. So great. Anything else for you, Mark? Because there's a lot in, like I was saying, there's oh, a lot in this. Oh, God, I mean. Honestly, I, but, I've watched it, it feels like twice now, and I still feel I'm missing things. Um, uh, like watching Deadpool. <laughs> You've got to watch it like three times to get all the jokes. HomeKit, completely revised. I use HomeKit a lot. I'm looking forward to really playing with HomeKit oh, and how it's organized oh. and how it's supposed to be a lot matter. better. Yeah, I, matter. Uh, sorry, Mark, sorry. So. Matter. Like Apple created matter. Did you see how they presented that? We've no, they well, well I, yes, they they basically yeah, to try to claim way. ownership, but it is based on HomeKit's um HomeKit's platform. Yes, they, so it is based on on their on their IP. Yeah, okay. And just for people who don't understand this, it means that you can buy you now pr more products. You will be able yeah, to. As, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they'll they'll start rolling out, right? You'll get more products rolling out, and if they've got Matter as the the way that they communicate, then it's it's going to work with pretty much anything. So it'll work with your Amazon Echo, Google Home. Um, and of course, HomeKit as well. So that's that's good news. It is. That is it's good. what the smart home needs, right? Of, yeah. I mean, I, I just want my Ring doorbell to get it because you know, I Ring doorbell. I'm not changing doorbell. I mean, I don't mind changing to well, an well, upgrade. Here's the thing. You're going to need but, to change hardware. Uh, this is not this a software is, fix. Yes. Sorry. Okay, fine. Well, I'll buy a new Ring doorbell as long as it works with Matter. <laughs> I just want to be able to watch my. I want to look at my doorbell on or my Ring uh, doorbell. On my Apple TV, that would be cool. Um, I can, I can, I can make that happen. There are some off-the-shelf <gasps> things that you can use to make really? any non-HomeKit compatible device compatible. 
Well, I'll send all my passwords <laughs> to you. Speaking of which, they're killing the password. That makes life easier, doesn't amazing. it? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So passkeys, using the biometric uh, features of your smartphone to log into an app or a website. I mean, why wouldn't you use that? They work so well. Face ID, Touch ID uh, works so amazingly well. Passwords are just a nightmare. Uh, I've got password managers to try and generate 50 character passwords, and I can't remember any of them. If I log into the Apple TV and want to log into Netflix, i got to type in a 50-character no, it doesn't work well. Passkeys are the answer. Absolutely amazing. The, the the key thing, see what I did there? The key thing, oh, though, good. is that it needs to be taken up across the board. This can't just be an Apple ecosystem thing. And hopefully, we'll see it on every website. Fantastic. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, I am more interested in the hardware we saw. And uh, as James mentioned, the hardware we didn't see. We'll get into that next. This is Double Tap Canada. We'll be back in a moment. This is Double Tap Canada. Now, back to the show. You know, uh, last year, when we had Apple's WWDC, we actually had an extra hour. Remember we got an extra hour? And then we yeah, were all done. About. And there was nothing to talk about. This time around, it was like, let's, let's play it safe. Let's not do that. Let's not commit ourselves to a two-hour show. And there's so much to talk we need about. Two hours. Yeah. I, I literally have a seven-page document of things that were announced at this year's WWDC. So yeah. if, if you're wondering why this sounds a little bit fragmented, guys, it's because it is. I mean, just just to highlight, okay? iOS 16, we got the lock screen with widgets, customizable, depth effect, press and hold to customize, swipe to try different colors, um, notifications, roll in from the bottom notifications, live activities, compact notifications, uh, there's you know, updates to focus mode, messages, you can you can edit messages, unsend messages, undo messages, mark a thread as unread. You get the point here. Like There's so much yeah, announced. Millions. That, yeah, I think if you listen to the next four shows, we might cover them all. <laughs> and you know, the thing is... That- like always with betas, right? Things will come away once once these features are actually out, and you know the public betas are out. More people are trying it. We'll certainly do some demos and, and show you how it all works. What about hardware though? Because one thing we can see as of next month is a new MacBook Air, which sounds delicious uh, in its midnight color or starlight yeah. or black and white yes. for the rest of us, um, or space gray and silver, which is now looking pretty boring um, when you think about it. It's, it's kind of Going for these other colours. And I wanted a blue one. You and blue but, gets yeah. on my nerves. Oh my God. What's the matter with you? I'm obsessed with blue all of a sudden. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, this does look pretty gorgeous. Uh, I was actually saying to Mark, if I had known these were coming out, I'd have been throwing him my MacBook Pro and saying, hey, you have this. You have this trash. <laughs> I want an M2 processor with uh, my MacBook Air. The Black Book, as yes. I'm calling it. Because, uh, yeah, I wanted the midnight one. That sounds I gotta gorgeous. i got to say, right, the, the M2 MacBook Air, for the first time in a long time, I said, I want a Mac. I mean, the thing mm. is amazing. The MacBook Air is a great laptop. Anyway, the, you know, the design back in the day was amazing, but they've uh, they've squared it off. They've made it thinner. Uh, the MacBook um, that I saw of yours, Stephen, the, the M1 MacBook, was a, a great design, and it's kind of the same theme, right? So I think the MacBook Air is gorgeous. And with the new M2 chip, I was wrong. I'll put my hands up because I think I said that it's too early for a new chip already. We've only just got the M1, but here it is, the M2 chip. They say 18% faster when it comes to core performance. But aside from that, totally amazing. And to 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 put it in the, M2, uh, the MacBook Air, I mean, fantastic. Yeah, but hang on. What about the MacBook Pro? So they brought out the M2 and also in the MacBook Pro 13-inch, which is the touch, touch bar. bar no good. I'm out. Why? Why? Well, I, I don't know. You know what? <clears throat> I thought they'd kill this one off entirely. So I thought I. this one was going to good to go because the 14-inch MacBook Pro is pretty much the same size as the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. With a bigger screen, with a bigger screen, it's got all the yeah. all yeah, exactly. It's got all the options. But I guess it's it's I guess part of their kind of goal to have a lower cost option in the lineup. It just no. I, I, I have know. a feeling that's going to disappear. I think it's. I know. I agree, but I think it's probably more because they only recently brought out that MacBook Pro, and it might be just a bit too early to upgrade it. I think there'll be a lot of discontent with that. Whereas the MacBook Pro 13 came out. What was it? 2020. It oh, came that's out. a good point. Actually, so, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you know, mind you. Maybe just it might have just irritated people. Do Apple usually cheaper. care about that? I remember was it the iPad three and then the iPad four came out in like six months or it was... it's different than MacBooks. Well, though. this is more this space is, yeah. between them. 
this is my question to you guys, okay? Maybe you can help me here because, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you followed all the details more intently than I did, which is well, I, I have, I'm up for a new laptop in December. Hmm. Is the new MacBook Air what I need? Is it is can it do what I need when I'm on the road? Can I edit my 4K video on the road? I think it can. Yes, it absolutely can. The M2, especially, it, it mentioned the media rendering core or whatever it's called. Wasn't it running like four or five 8K streams I, at once? So I so I don't I don't need a MacBook Pro for any. I don't need to spend no. six thousand dollars. I can get a beautiful light and, and portable computer that I can plug into an external display if I need more real estate, and I'm done. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. The only thing you're missing out on with the Pro is the ports. So the Pro is giving you more, po- not on the 13-inch, obviously, but on the 14-inch the and the 16-inch, bigger screen. Uh, on the 16, obviously, you're getting more ports overall on, on both those models. Um, but beyond that, I don't really know what the difference is. I cannot, I, I don't see the, I mean, I've got a MacBook Pro. I well, have there's no limitations in terms of RAM and hard drive space. It only goes up to two terabytes. That's true, Only yeah. up to 24 you know, gigabytes of RAM, which yeah, is Only fine. 24 gig. Only 24, <laughs> which, you, by the way, you don't even need. I'm still convinced. I mean, for yeah. most of the stuff we're doing, we could probably get away with eight. Mm. Yes, I know that render times will improve if you're doing video. I mean, that's not affecting us. It does affect you. But that doesn't affect but us. But really, so much. the laptop's really for when I'm out, out and about, or I'm upstairs and not at my main my main rig. That that's where I use the laptop most, like when I'm traveling and stuff like that, and which is not as often anymore. Yeah. So, do I spend six thousand dollars on a full like a sixteen inch nope. MacBook Pro? No, I don't. Or do I spend you know max out this one at probably about twenty five, twenty six hundred, and have a great portable? <laughs> oh, open this. And go. I would, I would, if I were you, I would get yourself one of these just on a, you know, kind of Amazon or something. You say you can send it back. Yeah. Play with it for a while. I don't think there's anything in that MacBook here that it won't be capable of doing for you. Yeah. I, agree. I don't think you need it. I don't think I, you need it. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing with this. I think that, uh, and, you know, all these computers are available uh, as of next month. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what it. What does the MacBook Air start at? What's the starting price? Anybody know? Starting price with the M2 chip is uh, 1499 Canadian. Bargain. Yeah. Well, it is a bit more expensive than the previous version, um, that's for sure. But then, you know, for what it's you get, even that base model, yeah, beautiful. It's a great machine. Uh, look, well, there's so much more we could talk about on this, I am sure. And we will over the coming weeks. My goodness, the amount of features that are inside these yes. new operating systems. But we'll, we'll get into it all properly over the next couple of weeks. Um, that's just a bit of a snapshot for you. Thanks to James Rath for joining us as well. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from him in the coming weeks and months. Uh, especially over on Double Tap TV, which, of course, is on your TV and on your AMI app as well. And you can catch that every single Tuesday night on AMI-tv. And that's it from us, though. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening, and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at ami.ca. We're also on Twitter at Double Tap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada or listen on the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. Catch you again next time. I'm Marjorie Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.